I want to shift gears and move away from the indices uh, and bring in our first guest this morning. Jake Hanley joins us, the Managing Director and Portfolio Strategist at Tecrium Trading LLC. Jake, always good to have you with us. And I want to begin with the CPI data that's due out at the bottom of the hour. Are you expecting any signs that we've reached uh, peak inflation or that this data will uh, reveal any indication that we've uh, reached it yet? Uh, short answer is no, Ben. I think, you know, what the expectation is about 8.8% year over year will be right at those 40 year uh, highs, as you mentioned earlier. You know, an interesting point is if you look at the core CPI numbers, those are expected to be down year over year versus the May number. Um, and so that is a sign that perhaps the inflation isn't bleeding through to, you know, the, the core consumer items. However, of course, the core CPI does not include food and energy. Um, and while we've seen a sell-off in, in energy um, and certainly in the grains in the last few weeks here, prices are still relatively high yeah. compared to history. Yeah. Um, so I, I do expect inflation to be sticky as as far as the headline number goes. Well, Jake, that's been one of the things we've been talking about. You've got crude, for example. Again, you're talking about factoring out the food and energy. Crude uh, back below 100, but still hovering above this key support area, 92, 93. I don't necessarily want to split hairs, but again, to your point, still at relatively elevated levels. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, you know, if you, you drive around the, the country here, I think the national average is somewhere around 425, 450 right now for gasoline. That's still really, really yeah. high. And high energy prices are really going to drive uh, inflation across the board. Um, I'm looking at oil right now around $95, $96 a barrel. Uh, you know, if you told us we were trading at 60, they were going to get to 95. That's a high number. In corn markets, by the way, the old cost of production used to be around $3.50 a bushel. So we're now back under $6 a bushel, but we're still around $5.88. That is relatively high to history. So food inflation, energy inflation, those are going to be the sticky numbers that drive the headline. Uh Jake, let's talk a little bit about, um, well, just real quick to that point in terms of you mentioned the gasoline numbers around four and a quarter, uh, down from $5, above $5 for that matter. So again, sort of off upper levels, but not necessarily, uh, you know, comfortable levels, I guess. Let's talk about the WASDE report in terms of information that that provided. It looks like in your notes, you said that, well, it was mostly in range with what analysts were looking for. Yeah, the WASDE report yesterday was it was interesting. It was basically in range with what analysts were looking for. Um, no fireworks there, but we saw corn, wheat, and soybeans sell off heavily yesterday. And I truly believe, Ben, that is due to outside influence. I mean, oil was down 8%. And when you have oil down 8%, commodities are trading in risk off. Um, and we saw that in a big way. And I know you've been talking about as well, the the inflation trade seems mm -hmm. to be taking a breather while the recession trade has been picking up steam. And you can see that in the fixed income markets with an inverted yield curve as well. So the inflation trade in terms of commodities coming off upper levels, and in some ways that price activity, the downside has been accelerated as amidst the recession trade, as you mentioned, as some of these demand concerns resurface. Yeah, absolutely correct. And and you have to point out the fact that these markets have been incredibly volatile. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime you see this level of volatility, you know, our emotions as traders, uh, sometimes we can become overzealous and we can overdo things to the upside and we can overdo things to the downside. And there are some technical indications right now that uh, commodities are a touch oversold, perhaps. Um, and so look for fundamentals to come back in the picture in the commodity markets, particularly in corn and soybeans. Um, the weather forecast right now for the rest of July is hot and dry in the Corn Belt, according to NOAA. If that plays out, 
I expect to see some support for corn prices. If that continues through August, I expect to see some support for uh, soybean prices as well. So we are going to be fully in a weather market for corn and soybeans, uh, and that means more volatility. I like that, Jake. I kind of revert back to basics here. A reminder, uh, again, in terms of some of the fundamentals. Talk to us about the seasonals. Yeah, the seasonals are, are interesting. So typically we put in a high around the springtime, June, maybe early, early July okay. um, for, for corn and soybeans. Now we hit those highs early this year, okay? And the seasonal calendar lows typically coincide with harvest um, around the October timeframe. And so it is, uh, we are basically following a seasonal pattern, again, hitting the highs a little bit earlier, um, but seasonally you would expect the lows to come in around harvest when that's where the supply builds, right? When you bring in the corn and the soybeans from the field and they're all sitting in the storage bin. Um, moving forward from there, you typically see U.S. prices rise through the end of the year um, and back through the springtime. And so um, pay close attention to those seasonals because there's a, there's a fundamental story there too. Uh, um, speaking of uh, fundamentals and uh, a factor to consider here, in addition to weather, seasonals, and, and some of the other topics you've brought to our attention here today, the U.S. dollar, I mean, strength there and ultimately ahead when that creates for commodities, I, I'd imagine that's been a part of some of the selling we've seen off the spring highs. Yeah, you know, we've talked about that before, Ben, too. And a strong dollar index, okay, in general, that's going to tell you that U.S. exports are going to be less competitive and you should see a slowdown in, in U.S. exports. Uh, the dollar index, though, doesn't necessarily bother corn or soybeans per se. What's really important there is the renminbi versus the dollar okay. and the renminbi versus the Brazilian real. So the United States competes against Brazil for exports to China, and the dollar has been strengthening against the renminbi whereas the renminbi has been strengthening against the real, okay? So that bodes well for Brazilian exports to China. Um, however, again, as we harvest our crops and our supplies grow domestically, um, we could have some more pricing power. And of course, we will see what happens with the currencies here. Lastly, Jake, what's been playing out in terms of uh, the latest as far as the Ukraine? It sounds like some of those supplies that have been locked in have actually been released. We're hearing about uh, some momentum in terms of what's been playing out here as far as uh, some uh, movement as far as UK grains in the Black Sea, basically. Yeah, yeah, be be cautious when you read those positive headlines. I'm okay. an optimistic person by nature, okay? And I would okay. love to okay. see those grains leave Ukraine. The world needs them, uh, but it, nothing is coming out of the Black Sea region. Okay. Anything that Ukraine is shipping is going westward, and that's a very inefficient process that's not gonna put a dent in the uh, supplies that we need. It's not gonna have an impact. Um, to get the Black Sea open, you need two things to happen. One, Russia needs to come to the table and say they'll allow ships to move, and you need Ukraine to demine the port areas, okay? If Ukraine demines the port areas, I suspect Russia is gonna put some warships right in Odessa and, and go full out here, okay? And why would Russia want to open up the Black Sea? Russian wheat exports are expected to grow by 21% this year, while Ukrainian wheat exports are gonna be down nearly 50%. Mm. Russia stands to gain from keeping the Black Sea locked up, and make no mistake about it, Russia is fighting a war to win, okay? They're not going to make any decision that impacts their ability to win. Sounds like financially and strategically they have uh, benefits to continue to uh, keep a stronghold on that area there 
and passage through. Jake, lastly, when we're talking about inflation, gearing up for the CPI number, obviously the first focal point being some of the energy products, and then we talk about some of the other factors, again, grains, and I guess I'm curious in terms of the other softs that don't necessarily get as much attention, coffee, uh, cotton, for example. I mean, uh, is there anything that we should be keeping an eye on that potentially is uh, kind of falling off the radar that we should be watching? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So cotton, for example, might be a good um, thing to point to when you, you look at general core consumer prices. Uh, cotton prices were very, very high and they've come down dramatically. Um, and so, you know, your your clothing might be a little bit less expensive than it was a year ago, um, you know, going forward. But, you know, really coffee and sugar, those are going to be weather markets. Um, so pay close attention to, to weather for those places going forward. Um, Otherwise, best of luck. You know, inflation is, is going to be here, at least the core inflation for a while. And um, again, I think we're going to see some near-term repricing, perhaps to the upside in these commodities as the selling has been overdone. Yeah, kind of uh, your point there, echoing comments we've heard recently this week from, uh, well, IEA, it seems like the IMF again, and uh, multiple agencies which are suggesting inflation, again, a bigger concern than we initially thought and uh, more of a force to reckon with than uh, we originally considered. Jake, always appreciate you joining us here to break it down, talking grains, commodities in general for that matter, and the uh, tie to inflation with Jake Hanley, the Managing Director and Portfolio Strategist. Thanks to you, Jake. Jake's joining us from Tecrium Trading, LLC.